Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include my interview with Leo on Soleaga on current housing trends, and today's busy economic calendar before we receive January payroll figures tomorrow. Thank you to Active Comply for sponsoring today's podcast. Active Comply, making social media monitoring simpler, more compliant, and at a lower cost. Active Comply's cloud-based solution for mortgage lenders, banks, and credit unions helps them engage with social media safely to meet compliance and archival requirements. Easily find and monitor loan officers on 10 social media sites, including TikTok, from one unified platform. Scan images like cover photos for trigger terms and licensing information. Find inappropriate language or political terms to protect your brand image. Schedule a 30-minute demo or request a free social media compliance report at activecomply.com. We are made up of different generations, and given the snow hitting much of the U.S., it isn't only your parents that walk through the snow uphill both ways to school. Though, I gotta say, it's hard to be an empath from the beach here in San Diego. The U.S. Census Bureau has not defined millennials, but most people tend to group them into those born between 1981 and 1996, which means some of the 72 million of them have begun turning 41. By the time 2030 rolls around, all baby boomers will be older than 65. It should be of no surprise, then, that reverse mortgages, basically available to homeowners with equity who are 62 and older, are a fast-growing piece of the mortgage landscape. Lenders can't do anything about an environment where higher mortgage rates are in the cards, but they can do things to adjust to it. Along those lines, I wanted to bring on Leo Ansoleaga, SVP of Residential Lending at Draper & Kramer Mortgage Corp., to talk about current housing trends and the millions of millennials that are ready to purchase homes. With more than 19 years of experience in the mortgage industry, Leo is an expert on the current trends and potential future implications of rising mortgage rates. I'm actually excited about this interview because I think this is very valuable content for the people. We've seen mortgage rates rise over the last month or so. How do you see that impacting the spring home buying season? It's a great question. I mean, I think interest rates rising, it's definitely creating or I guess like accelerating the fear of missing out, right? Uh, a lot of people that were thinking about buying a house last year or kind of, you know, kicked that can, you know, because they were hoping rates would come down. Um, I finally decided to kind of get into the marketplace for the very first time. So personally, you know, what we've seen uh, in our own business is a lot of people just, you know, starting earlier than usual. Uh, January was a very, very, uh, high activity for us in terms of like first-time home buyers, move-up buyers. So I think interest rates rising is definitely getting people off the fence and really thinking about, okay, I think we should definitely do this. Yeah, it certainly seems like the issue is on the supply side rather than the demand side. The demand is there even though home prices have risen at, at incredibly high levels the last year or two. Speaking of rising, everyone kind of expects mortgage rates to rise, and the Fed is, has indicated they're going to act a lot more hawkishly than they have over the last couple of years. Yeah. I kind of want to flip things and say, can you explain why it's not a certainty that rates will rise? Yeah, yeah I think there's a lot of variables here, right? Obviously, inflation pressure is, is definitely increasing rates going up. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of issues uh, abroad. I mean, a lot of tensions abroad that obviously playing a, a major role here as well. Um, and then the economy is slowing down, right? I mean, do I think rates are going to continue to go up? Are they going to be higher than last year and during the pandemic? Absolutely, right? Um, 
But I think context is also everything, right? When, I, when we talk to buyers, specifically first-time home buyers, and sometimes even move-up buyers, I, I think we've been, I don't want to say spoiled, but maybe like lack of a little bit of context in terms of where we were even before the liquidity crisis where rates were closer to that 6% mark. Uh, and, you know, back in the day when our parents bought homes, right? Like double digits, right? So do I think rates are going to continue to go up? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do think, but is there going to be an opportunity later in the year, maybe the beginning of next year, that rate might come down, you know, I, I think some people would argue that yes, and, you know, I'm definitely one of them. So it's not a certainty that rates are going to go up. I think they might uh, continue to tick up a little bit more, but certainly we're going to see, we're going to see, uh, you know, I would argue rates come back down again at some point. So. so you mentioned there at the start of your answer, the word inflation. I want to get into how inflation is actually impacting housing demand. How are you seeing that from your end? I mean, yeah, I mean, inflation goes up, prices go up, right? And so as prices go up, more people are obviously coming off the fences. So I think in simple terms, um, not to oversimplify this, but, you know, uh, inflation is the arch enemy, you know, for bonds and rates, you know, obviously are increasing and that is increasing home prices. But the greatest hedge against inflation is uh, owning a piece of, piece of real estate, right? So I think a lot of people are, are understanding that. They're seeing that obviously not just in rents going up. But, but obviously seeing prices in general for homes for, for homes going up. Some people out there think that the home price appreciation we've seen over the last year or two is actually for the next several years and things will slow. There's no guarantee of that, obviously. So I would ask you, what are your tips for home buyers that are nervous about volatility in the marketplace? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I would say this for advice for first-time home buyers, move up buyers. People that have done this multiple times. Um, a, uh, you buy a house when you're ready to buy a house, right? And regardless of whatever the market's doing, um, you're going to buy a house when you're ready to buy a house. Now, what does that mean? Well, for a first-time home buyer, it means that you're starting to feel like the walls around you caving in, right? Like, or you're starting to see the rents that you've been paying every single month increase. That's usually a good indicator, you know, of, of when of when when you purchase a house. For move-up buyers, it's like, hey, you know, we need more space. Our family is growing. You know, we, we want to go from, from this school district to the next. So you're going to make that move, you know, typically at those life, life, life moments. So the volatility in the marketplace does play a role. But um, what I say to, to, to buyers is this, like, look, it shouldn't drive the overall decision. I, because when you look at history, context is everything, right? Uh, do, are we going to see appreciation rates in the double digits, like the, like we've seen the last couple of years, probably not, you know. But historically, I mean, four percent to five percent, you know, year over year appreciation for the last sixty one years uh, in this particular area of the DC market, and obviously nationwide, a couple of averages left, left and right. But we got to look at this longer term. And when you start to do it, when you start to do that, uh, I think you realize that whatever you know, markets that we're in, you know, ups and downs, do play a small role, but not you know, not not, not a massive role. I think that's an excellent point that if someone has a longer term investment horizon, the time to buy real estate is always sooner rather than later. Yeah. I want to close with any other current trends you think are important for our listeners to know about? Well, I think the most the most interesting trend that I've noticed over the last probably year and a half or so is this a lot of questions that well gosh, of course, the pandemic caused inventory levels, you know, to to come down and obviously the bidding war has, has been uh, something that uh, most first-time home buyers, even move-up buyers, 
you know, are nervous about. But the interesting trend is this, a, a lot of millennials are entering the marketplace for the very first time. So there was a boom in births in the 80s, right? And a lot of those people um, watched their parents kind of struggle during the, you know, the Great Recession, the, the, you know, the overall market uh, that we saw about 10, 20 years ago. And they kind of vowed, right, that they were going to be in a better financial position to make a purchase. And, you know, some of them stayed home, kind of, you know, rented, you know, with friends longer than usual. But all of those individuals are actually coming into the marketplace for the very first time. And so an interesting trend is that I really do think that we're going to continue to see, you know, uh, inventory levels uh, similar to the ones that we've seen over the last, you know, two years or so, primarily because, you know, millennials are entering the marketplace for the very first time. Now, that, that shouldn't discourage people. And I and I want to I want to caution, you know, that don't 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 get discouraged with that because I even though there is competition on the other side, um, there's still opportunities everywhere. You know, condo markets being one of them, specifically like in, in the cities, high density areas with elevators. That's that seems to be a really 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 good opportunity right now, especially because of COVID over the last two years. So, but no no the the the, the millennials entering the marketplace for the very first time is something very interesting to me um, as they kind of analyze trends. I know I'm finally leaving my parents' basement and the, the sunshine is bright outside. I hadn't seen it in years. So I, I appreciate the uh, the general prodding to get out there and get into the market. And uh, thanks for coming on and talking to me. Thank you, Robbie. I appreciate the time. Man. Wall Street earnings do sway sentiment in the bond market and thus rates. But the big news yesterday was private payrolls falling 300,000 in January, according to the ADP employment report. Expectations were for roughly a 200,000 gain, so this was a sizable miss that was driven by the Omicron variant. The market is expecting about 150,000 of a gain for tomorrow's non-farm payrolls number versus December's reading of 199,000, which would still be the slowest pace of hiring since late 2020. On the bright side, the hiring drop is likely temporary, and the nation waits for the service segment of the economy to pick up steam as it provides starter jobs for future employment. In Washington, D.C. today, the Senate Banking Committee will hold a hearing on the nominations of Lisa Cook and Philip Jefferson for governor positions on the Federal Reserve Board, as well as for Sarah Raskin as the Vice Chair of Supervision. Today's busy economic calendar is already underway with layoffs from Challenger for January in at 19,064, jobless claims in at 238,000, which is lower than expected, and preliminary Q4 productivity and unit labor costs up 6.6% for a huge jump in productivity, and up 0.3% in costs. Later this morning brings Market Services PMI, ISM Non-Manufacturing PMI, December Factory Orders, and Freddie Mac's latest primary mortgage market survey. Perhaps more market moving than anything else will be the monetary policy decisions from the BOE, which raised things 25 basis points, and the ECB, which punted any rate increases to the future. Both link directly to our Federal Reserve's potential moves in March. The desk will purchase up to $3.4 billion of conventional MBS, and the Treasury purchase operation will target $1.6 billion of 10 to 22 and a half year coupons. We begin the day with agency MBS prices down an eighth and the 10 year yielding 1.80 after closing yesterday at 1.77%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I was horrified when my wife told me that my six year old son wasn't actually mine. Apparently, I need to pay more attention during school pickup.
Thanks again to today's sponsor, Actively Comply. Actively Comply, making social media monitoring simpler, more compliant, and at a lower cost. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.